Warning. The silence was edited out of this episode. So if you're crazy, you might want to skip it. And let me just note that it took me forever to get around to talking about this, but the technologies I discovered in this journey. Opera, the browser, is great. Telegram is wonderful. And mobile.twitter.com. All of these are incredibly bandwidth frugal alternatives. And I completely forgot to mention the 2000 words I wrote about early digital photography and my Nikon Coolpix 990, which you can find at bilge.world slash cool. Uh, Flickr.com slash David Blue if you care about the photos. Some of them are actually pretty great, and I updated it last night. By 5 p.m. today, I'll have moved completely out of the temporary living situation I've been in for the past month here in southeast Portland. Uh, I'm talking to you right now from my old Lincoln filled with boxes, uh, and I think I legitimately just found the correct power cord for the Commodore VIC-20 my fiance just acquired. I'm David Blue, this is End User, and it's lived to episode two, and it is not a show about rhyming, but instead a space for me to talk into my phone in my car at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Ah, today's sermon is about divorcing oneself from Wi-Fi connectivity, or just divorcing oneself from basically immediate access to the internet at any time. Uh, for the past month, again, I've lived in a basement of two teachers who rely on their neighbor for their very minimal Wi-Fi needs. He, uh, he happens to work for IBM. And, uh, he has a no guest policy. So this might sound like a really dry story, but the month I'm now concluding actually led to some like almost profound realizations about just how much I've come to take great internet con connectivity for granted. Basically to detail the situation, I have to be like really tediously specific. So a studio apartment in this basement that's not altogether deep. However, my iPhone 8 Plus on Sprint's um, unlimited 4G plan, which includes 10 gigabytes of mobile hotspot, um, basically just has no effective uh, data connection unless it's in a few very specific spots in this studio apartment. So it faces, the windows faced, face east, um, and even though the, the stairs going down to the door are like, it's like a six feet foot um, change in altitude, um, Sprint's not, you know, entirely great around here anyway. I'm not even sure if I can say that, like, the last time that probably meant something was uh, several generations of um, mobile broadband ago. So if I'm standing in the center of this apartment, which is basically just two, like one large room and then a bathroom, um, my phone indicates uh, that it has a 1X or a CDMA 1X data connection, which is technically a data connection, as I understand it, though no iOS applications that use data um, are like, it's, it's not sufficient for them to not just time out. So they'll just say you have no internet connectivity. Um, and okay, look, I'm just gonna spoil this. The most surprising thing about like the carrier interaction itself was how much the time of day was a factor in how much um, connectivity I could actually coax 
out of my phone as a as a hotspot. So around 9 or 10 p.m. or so, if I placed my iPhone in a specific position and um, turned on its uh, mobile hotspot feature, uh, that specific position is by the door and as elevated as possible basically. Um, and, uh, I've got, I'm using my backup laptop still, which is a 10 year old corporate HP laptop, um, which is to perform surprisingly well. So around 10 PM with that incorrect position, I could basically do, um, like minimally what I would need to do on the internet. So I discovered that mobile.twitter.com is Twitter Lite, L-I-T-E. And if you go to mobile.twitter.com in a browser um, on your uh, handset or on your desktop class computer um, and go into settings, you'll see a data data saver option. So naturally, I selected that. Uh, I also, this month began using Opera. I almost exclusively used Opera to do all the stuff that I do, which I guess if you need to know, it's just a lot of interacting with remote WordPress dashboards and reading and um, actually the constant fear of like running out of connectivity or or being kicked off the network completely changed my behavior. But let's see if I can organize this story in any way. There is going to be an especial minimum of polish on this one. I do apologize for that just because I still have to move today. So let me try to... (laughs) Let me try to get this out. So um, basically 10 p.m. throughout the night, uh, unless it was raining, I could have a reliable enough connection to check mobile.twitter.com and to very slowly creep around WordPress. Um, And uh, this actually led me to going through the process of installing a local WordPress server, which I should have done years ago. on this laptop. Anyway, um, maybe we'll talk about CMSs someday. I'm sure we will. So then around six or seven, it would start to get less reliable and it'd start to return. It'd start to time out. Um, and then basically, especially like on a Saturday, um, by like, I don't know, mid morning, I couldn't get a usable connection, um, from inside the apartment. So the funny thing is I, um, I did basically, uh, live in, in, coffee shops and bars a lot, which is bars especially is exhausting. And obviously everyone thinks you're weird for hanging out for hours at a time, just looking at your laptop. Would not recommend doing that. Um, But the most interesting effect on me was that I was reminded of what it was like to use the internet in uh, in the early days of, of actual you know, I, I did have a dial-up connection when I was a kid, but then, of course, the internet was just something that I maybe went on for a for a school project. It wasn't it was a completely different expectation. Um, when I got my first generation iPhone in two thousand eight, uh, I was you know going to school in a in a midwestern college town, and the first generation iPhone had had an edge network, and but of course being connected all the time was such a novelty that when it did have um, slow periods or downtimes, uh, you know, it really wasn't a big deal. But it's only been 10 years since that time. And let me tell you, <laughs> um, this, the simple lack of being able to connect to the internet at home, uh, even if you're, you know, had the money to spend to go out every night, because you may be richer than me, but that, trust me, the energy is not, not great. It's not a good place to be in. Um, it really changes things. 
So I wouldn't get text messages sometimes. Uh, I guess I should say that when I wasn't intentionally staying up all night working, um, you know, I just leave my phone around the room, not in that specific spot. And I missed calls. Um, when I did, I basically had to, to discipline myself and be like, okay, this is a futile effort because I can't tell you how many more cumulative hours I spent, uh, hopefully than I'll ever spend again in the past month, stressing out and watching status bars creep forward and then like hallucinating that they're moving, but they're not really. And then when they fail, there's just this particular exasperation like when when a browser times out um, on something like as basic as um, checking classic Gmail um, for like ten minutes and you're already tired, it's it's a particular frustration that uh, it's like amazing how quickly I forgot it is what I'm trying to say, um, and it just changed the way that. I interacted with the internet at home. I just stopped leaving TweetDeck open, obviously. Um, I really tried uh, almost obsessively to download things. Like, I was obsessed with, I became, like, I, I got, uh, installed Pocket extensions, and I thought Pocket was going to be my solution. Pocket is a service, in case you uh, didn't know, that um, it's really the only thing like it specifically. Uh, it's, it's a read later service. However, one can use it as basically um, a sort of web page distiller. So web page minimi minimizer and um, remote reading list storage. So I don't think it, this actually helped me Anyway, because I still couldn't get connected to Pocket. There were a few uh, references, a few links that I was able to read, uh, able to load um, in Pocket, like a Wired article specifically, uh, a few pieces in The Guardian that I was referencing in an essay that, that I'm writing um, that would not come up on their traditional websites. And of course, thank God there are no um, distinct mobile website instances anymore, except for The New York Times. Um, but uh, it's like actually weird how focused I got on basically finding new methods of saving, of archiving all the web pages so that I could read them when I wasn't connected. And it's also strange how ineffective that was because it's almost like having a completely different mentality. Um, when it was storming or when my phone had gotten to a low battery, which uh, also it affected more, um, it affects the iPhone's uh, connectivity and performance as a hotspot. It should be expected, but it's like profound. It's basically like um, even if it's off low power mode, like you don't engage low power mode, once the phone is down to 17 or 16%, it says no. Even if you restart the hotspot. Let me just stop there. I'm being fragmented here. And before I go any further and focus on the things, on the technical discoveries I made. First, Opera is a great browser um, regardless. And I have no idea. Uh, Opera is a great browser for, for a Linux system anyway. Um, I had no idea that it was still a good option. And it has something called Opera Turbo which when switched on, uh, according to the vague description um, of, the, of the brand, uh, Opera runs your incoming content through its CDN servers and like compresses media files. Um, and I use this, uh, obviously, um, because for the first time, 
Like the best uh, numbers that I saw in my network monitor from this setup with my iPhone as personal hotspot was like 10 kilobits per second um, because a mobile connection is is much more jagged. Uh, I don't have a particular like a software that can average it out. So uh, I have no average, but like um, the total amount of incoming and outcoming data, even after hours, um, was was never more than 500 megabytes. Uh, and I had to f- figure out how to optimize my bandwidth for the f- for the first time, uh, basically since that first gen iPhone. Like, and so I discovered that Opera Opera Turbo is great. Um, I discovered again that that time is a huge factor in like the time of day and the the uh, data load is a huge factor at least in uh, in the connectivity of <laughs> of those sprint customers among you um sprint being kind of the oddball uh and telegram oh my god telegram i could get telegram messages through to my fiance that's that's how we primarily communicate um and kind of always has been i'm not sure when that started, but it's like our, just our thing. And, uh, well, now part of the argument for that is that Telegram would send messages when I wasn't able to send an SMS message, um, which is incredible when you think about it, uh, and receive too. When I, the only, um, like noticeable network activity, when I would be showing one X CDMA would be eventually after like several minutes uh, of the of a telegram message actually incoming, it would finally come. And I'm just talking about text here. That's that's how like severed the connection was. Um, a lot of times, <laughs> again, probably for the last time in my life, uh, for a good portion of the time, I was looking at my network monitor and I would see um, like 25 bytes per second. Uh, and you know, Obviously, it was less than a decade ago that that, like, it still would be slow, um, 25 bytes specifically. But now that is far below the threshold that would just register as zero network activity for 99%, I mean, 100% of the stuff that the average consumer uses every day. Um, another thing, which I actually want to do this, so I, I discovered that orientation of the device whether or not it ever mattered um, in in trying to get better signal, uh, no longer matters. I could it was it, position mattered, but it was uh, it was more just proximity to the east wall. Um, and I actually the the thing I wanted to mention is uh, this gave me the idea of doing a um, collected folklore of techniques to improve cell reception. So like I've stood on top of a combine, you know, years ago to, to be able to call my dad <laughs> 40 feet in the air. Um, just because that was a weird thing that we all had to do. And then all of a sudden we didn't, but, um, so the opera telegram mobile.twitter.com, um, obviously just like attempting to, to browse generally, uh, really, really, really exemplified those websites um, that have optimized uh, or that have remained optimized for worse connections. Um, like Logic Magazine, which I'm going to do a whole piece and episode on, um, and I mentioned a lot <laughs> uh, last episode. Their website was, um, it's just, well, it's very minimal. It's very Web 1.0. I uh, I 
forgot to try a low-tech magazine, but I'm sure it would be. And when I say minimal, I mean we're saying we're talking about exponential differences here. You can go to um, just landing on a homepage for a major newspaper's website uh, will cost. You know, will take uh, in the process of that you'll you will intake some 30 40 megabytes of data whereas like just something that's uh, been optimized at all really or just if bandwidth has been taken into consideration at all you will operate at a fraction of that i quite relevantly today is mastodon second birthday um the mastodon web uh seemed to actually behave better than the twitter light on on web so um, but basically, I'm, I'm, uh, those are probably the most uh, valuable things I have to say. There's no way I would have come across Opera um, as a great browsing solution, but a bunch of the really little things that um, I particularly uh, require from, from browsers, um, because I'm a, you know, obviously I'm an internet power user. Um, it really has the vast majority of them. Did you know that Chrome tabs, you cannot individually zoom on web pages when you zoom in one tab it zooms in all of them isn't that absolutely absurd anyway so just you know this is not some profound discovery but i guess what i wanted to communicate and i'm working on a little written thing um is just how like embarrassing but astonished i am i think about technology all the time and i think about how it's changed my life all the time and i think about you know how it's going to change our lives all the time. This is what I, I listen to people who talk about this, right, constantly. And yet I had no idea, like, how much something so little would affect me. And it's not like I wasn't crying. Um, I definitely, like, I, I'm not the type of person that, like, I'm not going to scream and throw things. Um, but I, I pretty much reached my equivalent of that, which is, like, just feeling kind of isolated even though i was literally like six yards away from a from a better connection i could go up the stairs restart my connection with airplane mode and be very well connected to the internet on my phone um but it was like uh and it wasn't particularly good or bad there was definitely a trend i'm sure if you pay attention to what's left of or <laughs> the the current crop of tech media you noticed the like wide sweeping trend of people writing like i went off the grid for two weeks um and you know a lot of those people had a lot of things to say i guess i'm focusing on the, uh, the more tactile stuff um it wasn't good uh it was it was a little bit bad simply because like my reading was limited and again because i wasn't able to recognize what was happening um or <laughs> even when i did i wasn't like I just didn't know what else to do. I spent a lot of time, you know, looking into ways to archive things. And, like, I would stick around friends' houses or, like, really, like, I stayed uh, at the coffee shop um, until close almost every time. And then when they would close, I would go outside and sit in front of it until my battery died. I did that at a bar, too. Like, this led me into sitting outside of a bar at 3 in the morning um, <laughs> alone on my computer. Uh, which is, that's actually, you know, obviously that's a thing for students and this is not some archeological thing that I'm doing, right? There are lots of people that have my level or less, but it's when you're used to, when you, uh, especially when you're someone who doesn't consider themselves, uh, 
a person that easily takes things for granted. It's, it's crazy how quickly I became totally used to like 200 megabyte app updates. I made a point of noting, noting this the other day. Um, there was a update for Facebook for iOS. I've just like 191, you know, version 191. And it just said like minor tweaks and improvements. And the file size itself was 500 megabytes. Uh, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the rapid expansion and the, the, um, of, of our, of the quality of our connections, like I was, uh, in contrast last night, I up uploaded a 30 minute video in 17 seconds because someone has a great connection. Um, I feel like it's making us just almost intentionally ignore the the little things that we could do to make things more efficient. Um, I mean, I'm an amateur web developer, or at least I was when I began at Extratone. I didn't really know what I was doing, and but I did have a great internet connection. Uh, so it took me a few weeks to find out that most people just took like, 45 seconds to load the home page because I left the images uncompressed, you know, standard stuff. Um, and when you think about the breadth of connection quality, um, especially uh, in Cincinnati, not Cincinnati, um, Cleveland, there are still portions of the uh, general residential areas, especially more working class areas that just like don't have high speed internet available. Um, it's ridiculous that, you know, just a, a going four days without updating the apps on your phone and catching up with that is like almost a gigabyte. I know that's, a, a, you know, avoidable. I just bought a computer that has a 10 megabyte hard drive and a whole operating system on that. So now I'm just ranting. Um, but what, I don't know if this is ever... <laughs> gonna be anything but. So, you know, thanks for bearing with me. Um, I'm gonna be putting something up on bilge.world. It's not gonna be profound. It'd probably be a little bit more funny just because like, uh, as an, like my fiance observing me, her, her phone ha had way better connectivity and she rarely needs anything but her phone in day-to-day -day life. So she just kind of watched me descend into insanity over this, um, which is hilarious and pitiful. Anyway, if you're still listening, wow, thank you. Let me know if you have any stories, especially like I'm actually serious about aggregating uh, or, or um, getting into collecting like all the superstitions that people had about what to do with your phone. Um, get better connections back in the, the early days of, of uh, cellular telephones. Um, if you have funny stories uh, and you're using the Anchor app, voice in for me. Um, I'll let you know if you uh, if you really desire it, the other platforms. Uh, oh no, I don't, I don't have to let you know. If you go to the main URL, which I, uh, wow, I don't know. Um, the main landing page, you'll see the icons of all the all the other places where anchor has put this podcast um bilge.world is where i live right now but extratone.com is a pretty great bet for you uh i took apart my compact portable and found that it had the keyboard issue that every one of them does so once i actually get any sort of like stable workspace um i'll be uploading a few photos of that but I am David Blue on Mastodon, Fickle Crux on Twitter, 
And bilge.world is, uh, is the whole world, actually. If you go to bilge.world slash about, you'll find those links if you missed them. But again, thank you for indulging my sleep-deprived uh, well, conversation with myself. I have to actually get this stuff moved now, so I appreciate it. And, oh, what did I have in mind for next time? I can't even remember. Sleep is good, folks. Um, oh, iOS 12. That's what I'm going to talk about next time. Okay, thank you again. Thank you again.